Hi, and welcome to the Free to Be Authentic podcast. I am Durga Magneta. I am an intuitive coach, an empathic healer, a teacher, and an author. And for over 20 years, I've been helping people just like you find more peace, tranquility, and empowerment. So take a nice deep breath, grab a cup of tea, and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. We will be discussing today with my client and my friend, Harshak, who has experienced a few different levels of intersectionality and how we go about finding empowerment and live in our truth through these obstacles. If for whatever reason you feel judged and pigeonholed by society as a whole, it's this incredible opportunity to show people how to be better. You know, in 2020, it's really time to see that our differences are what makes life exciting and living in the world exciting, but we're all really the same. Oh, look who's here. Perfect timing. Hi, Harjot. Hey, Durga. How's it going? It's great. I'm so happy to have you here. You're somebody I really appreciate. And I know that you've had so many struggles. And I know we've been through a lot together for probably over 10 years there. And I want to bring in today the types of things that that you've struggled with and how you've grown to be empowered uh, through our time together and also anything new that's come up for you that we can look at today during the episode. All right. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I'm, I'm glad to, to be here. I feel mm-hmm. like this is like a cross episode. Your, your um, presence on my podcast with my co-host and now I'm on yours. Yeah, so I am so glad you, you, you had me on. I'm more than happy to share some of my personal stories and spiritual growth as a result. So specifically, I guess, for those listeners out there, hi, my name is Harjot, and I've been working with Durga, like you mentioned, for, it's it's over a decade now, which does seem like a long time. I feel like we've kind of like nurtured a friendship out of our connection, so it's been really valuable to me. So you're both like a mentor to me spiritually, but then also my, my therapist as well. So personally... Uh, if I were to disclose a little bit more about myself, I'm somebody who deals with being and feeling marginalized by society as a whole, because I do um, deal with a certain level of inter- intersectionality. And so specifically, that shows up as feeling racially marginalized, or marginalized because of who I identify as a racial minority. I'm also a minority in regards to my sexuality. And then I'm also a bit of a distinguished visual, visually a distinguished minority as well. And so specifically, I am a brown Indian South Asian man who is gay, who also wears a turban. You know, there's there's a few layers in how people process and interaction with me when you meet me and you're getting to know me. You know, there's different facets of my personality. And I think when, you know, people meet me, I think superficially, you know, we all have our preconceived ideas of who somebody's going to be like and it takes people you know a few steps to get to know that like hey this guy has a few different uh, pockets that he belongs to and with that um, intersectionality also comes this feeling of belonging to nobody and kind of feeling like 
a bit of an outcast. So yeah, like that pretty much summarizes the, the stuff that I've been kind of dealing with on a personal level and just navigating the world with that level of like intersectionality and the experiences of like even just identity and feeling a little bit like everything's kind of like chopped up and you want to belong to every group that you feel like you associate with, but then, you know, not every group knows how to integrate you into it. And then you're also awkward trying to integrate into it. So a lifelong uh, struggle and then you know you have people around you who you know you love and you care about like family and they don't understand the gay part and then you have your you have certain like friends that you're comfortable with and then you feel you know strange when you sort of like go into spaces that are a bit more um, white you know and not as racially diverse and you know for me that's always been my like career environment you know so it's it's it sometimes feels a little bit difficult and you have to build up your persona and while I want to be all-rounded and feature all parts of myself I also find myself switching parts of um, my identity on and off depending on the space that I'm going into and who it is that I'm trying to relate with in that moment. Okay so there's two major pieces of this that that I want to address. And I'm actually really glad that you brought up family. And this is something that I can relate to personally as well, that every child wants their family's love. And then even when you grow up, there's this still this little part of you, I even find who wrestles with wanting that and then it's not really obtainable. It's not available. It's not for for me, right? Not for you. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's true. Like I, as independent as I find myself, I'm also very much like my life would be great if, you know, my, my parents were fully accepting and embracing of who I am and these different parts of my personality for sure. Well, the one thing that I'm learning is having to heal through some of this stuff. We have to be good as individuals because you know that it's so easy to become a a parent It's so easy to become a parent. It's too easy to become a parent to a child who is going to look up to you and need you for a certain amount of time. But the bottom line with this whole thing is that we're unique individuals. And while having Mm -hmm. a wonderful relationship with our parents is that support is wonderful. But a lot of us being even if we're not dealing with intersectionality or being different, that's not always available to everybody. And it's something that as a practitioner, I'm really having to dive deep in just being okay being and seeing the beauty and being a unique individual who's a little different than other people. Even, you know, even the fact that I work in a spiritual way and I have spiritual gifts, a lot of people don't, you know, they don't think that's Mm. cool. I've lost friends. And honestly, that that's been really devastating. Yeah. So a lot of the coming out, let's address the coming out stuff is that the burden that it that you carry by staying in the closet around the people you love feeling like it's not it may or may not be okay to mm-hmm. be exactly who you are and that the love is that conditional is is really something that you carry with you on a daily basis and it's something that is going to build until you want to free yourself from it or the time comes that you free yourself from it and there's a certain liberation on a spiritual level that says hey, this is me. I'm not watering this down. I'm not pretending differently. I love you. I'll work with you on this, but I'm not going to be somebody else. Yeah, not not everybody's going to get it. And it's also like, it does create a little bit of distance between those people and, and you. So, 
you know, you're kind of at a loss because that sometimes that's your comfort place, like especially with my family, right? So maybe we can go a little bit deeper there. So with my parents specifically, they may have had, you know, over the, the course of, you know, my, my lifetime, like from my childhood up until my teen years, up until now, an inkling, you know, who I really am, the fact that I'm gay and that I'm closeted in a sense, you know, before that in front of them, you know, one of the issues around that is I, you know, there's, there's the one layer of it, which is like coming out as gay to your parents, which is, you know, that's, that's one section of the intersection, right? If you will. And then the other section, the fact that I'm brown and, and Indian, like a part of that culture, which is not historically very accepting for being gay. And it's just not something that is a talked about a ton. And then B, there's no real uh, rational response, you know, so there's there's a lot of layers even within that. The, yes, there are gay people in Indian culture, of course you know, we're everywhere. It's just that I think in a lot of those cases, like whether they are known or unknown, those people end up fitting in, in themselves into this very traditional model of like get married, have kids. It doesn't matter what your sexuality is. And the, the other part of that Indian intersectionality is that, you know, marriage is not necessarily for love all the time, sometimes for convenience, or there's layers to that onion too, which we could get into in a whole different episode. I'm just trying to live my best life and be super happy. And I find competing interests, right? And so at the basis of it is kind of what you mentioned there. It's just these relationships that are really hard to let go of, and you don't want to disrupt them and kind of not being so true to yourself. And, and that shows up as like not being able to fully come out and say, this is what I want. This is what I need. And I still want you to love me regardless of all that. Yeah. So you know what? I'm, I'm having this little slideshow in my mind of all the different movies where the stars pretend to be something because they're afraid. And it's not only in I mean, countless movies of, of people, all kinds of people in the same predicament that, that you're in. And the moral is always the same is to be yourself. And it's, and the reason why that is, is that art imitates life in the sense that there's a few major categories mm. that our spiritual lessons fall into. A lot of it is trust and faith till the day we die. We're going to have to do that because we don't get to know as much as we want to know. And really being authentic, which is my whole thing. It's my passion, my love, yeah. because that's where the happiness is. The way that I see all the different people in the world is, is that if God took little slices and made all these different like how many different varieties of expression can I put in the world? You know, and really that's exactly what's happening is looking at it like, well, that's yet another expression of the deeper part of myself. And I, when I went to my first yoga training, I walked into a room that was very intimidating with 80 different people getting ready to practice yoga. And I was hit with so much fear and intimidation feeling like, wow, all these people, I don't know anybody here. I'm totally different. And when I left that space in 10 days, I had 80 friends and I didn't even see them as any different than me. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think as, as a whole, that's where we're headed, but I'm really curious as far as where you're at today, where do you, how far do you feel you've come? Not that you need to have this finished or get to the end point, but where are you today with with these struggles as far as taking into account what you've learned and how much you've grown? Yeah, it's, I always I always joke that the spiritual story of my life is kind of like just be true to yourself 
and in in every different area of my life, right? Whether it's work, whether it's uh, friendships, relationships, and even family, right? Like in all of these different sectors, like it's to really show up as who I am and not withhold parts of myself. Like even in my career, I'd be lying to you if I said, you know, I didn't hide parts of my personality or try to appear less, you know, this is going to get into another layer of it too. But like, there are people that are like, you know, um, Americanized Indians, and then there's people very much like immigrants. It would, I, although I'm not an immigrant, like I would go above and beyond just to make it seem like, you know, I'm very Americanized just so that my, that the personality that I'm presenting is more palatable to those on the receiving end, right? Like, there's just so much. And I feel like I have had very uh, like happy successes in recent years where I've just fully been myself and put myself on the table and been proud of my culture, but then also proud of my sexuality, proud of my, even my spirituality. Like most people don't know this, but I do astrology and and tarot on the side of my, of my main career, which is something completely different. It's in technology, right? So it's just like this, this big coming out. And like, it's been this spiritual like story arc of my life which I kind of see as this, like, I think I described it to you once, Durga, as this mountain that's kind of in the background. And there's all these other things that over the course of my life are like temporary distractions of like, oh, well, this thing's going to happen. This is going to happen. But like this giant mountain is just, you need to be true to who you are. And a part of that is coming out. Yes, as somebody who's gay and, you know, a representative of the LGBTQ community, which I, I believe in being a strong advocate for, but then also all the other parts of myself, right? This, this intersectionality, like really where it with pride. Now, I want to get into the empowerment piece of this. And this is something you and I have talked about before is your process is your process. And the stuff that needs to happen or not will happen in its time. But I actually feel like you're a teacher for other people to let go Mm -hmm. of their rigid ideals and to be boxed into who's who and what's what according to an old school way of perceiving another person. So as an empath, and you know what, people judge you no matter what you look like and no matter they because they're projecting their stuff constantly. So as a more empowered person than I used to be, if if I'm seeing somebody and you can see it in their eyes that they're just like, they have the little, they don't even realize they're scowling at you. And, and of course I can feel, I can feel what they're dishing out and being more empowered. I smile at them. I hold a lighter space. I turn the energy around. And by doing that, I become the more dominant force mm-hmm. and you can see them lighten up. You can see them switch gears. And now we're just two people enjoying a moment of conversation. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. When I was younger, I had planned to be a lot further along than I currently am, only because like I was like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be so I'm 33 now, and I was like, when I'm 25, that's still years away, and I'll have like all this out of the way, all this awkwardness, and all this coming out nonsense will be done and over with. And then lo and behold, you know, many years passed by, and it was just like it's this fear and it's this excuse that I I'd been putting off, but like recently, I've really been. I've been chipping away at it from the bottom up. So maybe it's not like this, you know, big formal coming out process, but rather I've been doing it in my own way in smaller increments. So I'm like, I can build up to, um, 
you know, a, a truth that's not going to be so jarring for people on the receiving end, where it's totally going to disrupt things and like make me very nervous and anxious and, and fearful almost as a result. But rather, you know, I can start to introduce smaller things, you know, so it's more palatable to people. It's it's easier for them to, you know, make peace with and specifically my parents, right? Who like a whole like marriage and, um, you know, just this like nuclear family unit as in, in very high esteem. And so my whole thing has been like you know how, what can I do on the on the ground level to just sort of pave the way for that you know taking a very honest stance on other things that I can be authentic and honest about like my views on on marriage and relationships and how you know like certain people are marginalized and oppressed and really just like having those arguments and exposing those people we could have a whole other conversation about when is it your job to work on other people or not so today I would say I'm a lot further along than I have been before and that I'm very <laughs> well I'm I'm not fully uh I haven't fully come out yet like my 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 older sister knows and that was like a nice um starting step I'm very much you know, for the astrology nuts who are listening, I'm a Capricorn. Everything's very cautious. Everything is very strategic and planned. So I'm I'm working my way from the bottom of this mountain, headed all the way up, but slowly. And, you know, I'm I'm putting all these like safeguards in place and like working on like the easiest person, being like my older sister, you know, who's also you know, she's she's a bit of a she's kind of the scapegoat of the family. She's kind of like done her own thing. So I'm chipping away at it, you know, it's it's difficult. It should it shouldn't be like that you know and I, I do really have sincere appreciation for people who have coming out stories that are very much like they put themselves at great risk I just you know for me it's not in my personality to do that do I feel like I've been dishonest to myself a little bit when it comes to my parents but luckily so much of my other like public life has been exposed like all my friends know like even um you know the people I work with know like you know the rest of the world is is way caught up, you know, we're living in 2021 now in all aspects of my life, ex except for the one, you know, with my parents, which is going to be, you know, thing that I've been working towards. And so my spirituality has been a huge part of that, right? It's just sometimes I'm like, if I didn't have this inter intersectionality to deal with, uh, degree of adversity, I don't know that I would have been as spiritual as I am now. And so like, it kind of speaks to the point that like, you know, it's through adversity and, and these challenges that kind of bring you closer to spirituality and so like we may we might not have had you know any kind of a connection to Riga if I if I wasn't dealing with this shit that I'm going through <laughs> <laughs> it's so true so in regards to your family I wanted to share this so uh -huh. there are some cultures and I love culture and I love tradition but there's some aspects of culture no matter what the culture is where some of the old school ideas of of, of how things should be are still alive today in 2021 and I've always felt that you're here to break those cycles with these wonderful people who who are your parents and your family and not only that yeah. but through the energy field of the fact that we're all connected when you're breaking that pattern you're bringing acceptance to the minds of of everybody struggling with that there is i think you're here more to teach and to open up and mm -hmm. to expand and to set other people free more than just your family by being who you are in the yep. world and i'm i know that's why you signed up for for so much yeah no i i 
I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say that, like, I totally hear you on the empath bit, like, that I, it's funny, when I was young, I, I, so just to go back to my calling to spirituality, it's not, it's not always the case that I felt that, like, the adversity pushed me towards spirituality, there was a, there were some other clues in there, when I was seven years old, I remember being at a garage sale with my mom, and, like, I just, I had to have this astrology book that was, like, being sold at the garage sale, and so it's always been, like, this, like, sort of interest in the occult, and, and the mystical, and what else is out there, and then, I also knew, I guess when I fully came to terms with my sexuality and where I am culturally in this like smaller box within this larger spectrum of all kinds of people, but in this specific culture and and the dissonance that that has with like my sexual identity, I was like, okay, well, I think I'm here to teach people. I think I'm here to, to, to open people up to something. And it's funny, like, you know, you and I talk a lot about like, there's divine timing, right? There's like, you can't get anything wrong. You're always meant to be in the place that you're supposed to be, right? So then I feel like this is my teaching style. It's very much small, delicate pieces sort of laid out for you to grasp so that I do operate from a place of a lot of love. Just, you know, personally, it's very heart-centered versus the, there are teachers that I've had that have been great that, are, that operate from like a, you know, mind frequency or like the like the third eye which is like wisdom versus like me which is I have this need to be very grounded and heart-centered in my approach so it's like compassion right and so I remember you once said this line to me which is you can connect with anybody even people that hate you even people that don't understand you if you just have compassion for them once you lose the compassion like no way to connect and if you can't connect you'll never speak the same language absolutely But I want to say that as an observer, you're somebody who also came into the world Mm -hmm. with a with a really brilliant mind and you're very innovative. You're very much outside of the box. You're incredible with problem solving and you're, you're a sweet soul. Once you, you know, people don't maybe don't get to see that right, right away, (laughs) but you, (laughs) but it's, but it's funny. And And I just want to reiterate the point that we have, we come into this claiming and experiencing victimization and through our lives Mm -hmm. and through this, we become the empowered ones who really show the way and help people to dismantle that garbage because that garbage for them, as far as just lies and judgments and, and some people are better than other people and whatever they have going on. They're carrying that like a prison sentence every day of their life, much like, you know, secrets that we were talking about, keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing and it's, they don't even realize yeah, they need it, it. It's funny that you say, um, you use that analogy of signing up for something because I, I used to believe that as well. I still do. You know, you before you incarnate or reincarnate into this human density that we're currently in, kind of drafting your curriculum going forward and how you're going to expand and how you're going to learn. And it's funny because in this lifetime, even if I look at the patterns in my life, everything is about disruption and innovation. I have a very, you know, maybe it's some of the Aquarius in my, in my chart for those astronauts. Yeah, like there's a huge emphasis on just doing things differently. Like my career is all about that. Even Though somebody might look at me and think that I'm religious because of the turban, I'm actually very anti-religion and and way like pro-spirituality. But then I have pockets in me that are like very particular about the kind of spirituality because even within the spiritual community, you know, it, it can be a little bit toxic and there can be a little bit of like um, cultishness. So it's it it shows up in all forms of my life, and I really do feel like a calling to be a teacher. And sometimes, like God damn it. Like, I can't believe, like, my soul was so ambitious in setting up this school curriculum before I got down here, and I have to deal with it. I think a lot of the trauma is not my own, it's other people's. 
and I am carrying it with me. It is, it is somewhat of a projection as well. But at the same time, like, I'm good. I'm not like looking to be super emotional about this experience. But I know that I'm going to have to do some handholding with other people and get them through it, you know, even though it is a very personal issue. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a teaching experience. And like, if that's what was intended for me, I'm more than happy to take that on. Yes. Well, bef- before we end, I was inspired to to say a little bit about, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Oprah's Masterclass and Gladys Knight, I believe she's in her 60s. And she was on there and she had this incredible, incredible story, especially about her beginning years of facing brutal, brutal racism what, in the 60s. I mean, I could, I could barely stomach listening to it just because I felt so badly about what they had been through. But she just sat there as confident as ever. And she just said, you know, if you think that I'm less than that, and I don't deserve whatever you think I don't deserve. And I can't quote her because I don't remember what she was saying exactly. But she said, she said, then that's on you because I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. I know what I'm worth. So basically, that's the empowered ultimate em- empowerment for somebody. She just, you know, gorgeous as ever, just sat up straight and, hey, this is not my problem. You think that I deserve less than you for some other reason. And so that really stuck with me. And it's a great visual. And it's, I want to, I like to try and show people what the empowerment part looks like, you know, so you have an idea of that of that end result in whatever form it's going to take for the person. It's so true. And it's so liberating because that all of a sudden you see all these lights go going off in people's minds like, hey, we don't have to do this anymore. It's a just a decision away. <laughs> like rightly, it's all about hitting that reset button and, and just starting starting with a new pers- perspective because perception is everything. It's everything good or bad. It's it's how you paint your life. We are going to end here. I've I love this type of thing. It's helping people in this way is really truly my passion and what I live for. Harjot has his own podcast. Do you want to give that a little a little plug before you run off? Sure. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, if you want to, um, yes, I, I do have a podcast um, with my lovely co-host and friend, Maxine. It's called Have You Been Crying? You can follow us on Instagram at haveyoubeencrying underscore pod. It's essentially, if I were to summarize it for you, uh, a mental health podcast by two totally unqualified people who are good friends wrapped in gutter humor almost. <laughs> so we have a lot of fun just you know talking about personal anecdotes and, and really giving advice through our crazy lives and our crazy stories thanks so much Aww. i adore you and i i hope to, we'll we'll talk soon. all right bye durga thanks so much bye bye thank you so much for listening If you enjoyed the show, please hit subscribe. If you really enjoyed the show, please take a moment and write a review on whatever platform you're listening on. If you'd like a personalized session with me, just visit freetobeauthentic.com. There is a new client offer that will save you 25% on your first session. If there's something that you're struggling with and you would like to be a guest on the show, please send me an email with your name, contact information, and just a little bit about what you're struggling with. You could be one of my next guests. Thanks so much again, and I'll see you next time.